What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, hammering it home. This spring, there's a lot of awesome stuff coming up. Headed into the summer as well. Last chance broadhead shoot with West Coast Archery. May 15th through the 17th. And also coming up June 13th in Reno is the Dead Eye Golf Tournament. For more information and more details, check them both out on Instagram. I'm sure you'll have no problem finding their accounts. Also get ready, Yeti Total Archery Challenge. It's going to be a blast. Hope to see everyone there. Thanks. Oh my God, dude. That drive whooped my ass last night. I, almost I didn't even hear you come in. Good. Yeah, I didn't even hear you come good. in. Good, I tried to be out. super sneaky, dude. Yeah, you were good. I was like, I'll leave some lights on for him. <laughs> See him in the morning. I pulled in the driveway. I was like, man, I hope this is the right house. I'm going to get shot going in the wrong house. I'll find out soon enough, huh? <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Oops, wrong door. No, there's a bunch of dead animals in the house. This yeah. That's probably it. Yeah. Well, when I walked up and saw that there was a, a code on the door, I felt much better. I was like, all right, yeah. cool. I'm in the right pot, right spot. So what's your, what, what, what's your closest encounter with a bear? Oh, man. Oh, I've, had some, I've had some good ones. Um, let's reach out and touch them, basically. Uh, let's see here. One time I was going up a mountain, uh-huh. and I was getting close, and uh, this, <laughs> this freaking bear came up. So it would have came up from the west of me. I was behind a tree and I was being quiet. And this is wild. I look over and a bear is walking right past me into the bait. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, were you in a tree stand or were you on no, the ground? No, at that time I was on the ground. I was just on the <laughs> ground. But man, I've got a lot of those really close ones. Um, I remember one time me and my best buddy Casey, we were hunting. We were just wrapping up a morning hunt and. I look up the mountain, we have no ground blind, we have nothing out, and I look up and I said, I look up and I see a bear walking down to us, and anyways, I give him the sign, get your bow ready, you know, because you can't talk, Yeah. and anyways, this bear, same thing, we were just motionless, bear walked right beside us, anyway, it ended up going down and my buddy ended up shooting him, uh, 10 minutes later, but we were just on the ground with our bows, no no tree stand, no blinds, no nothing. That's sketch, dude. Yeah, it was pretty, <laughs> I've got a lot of those stories. I started bear hunting in 2004. Yeah, I mean, you've been bear hunting for a long time. For a long time. And did, but did you start out bear hunting in Nevada, or was it? No, it was all Idaho. All um, Idaho. It's kind of wild, my first story, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> was I met a guy and he kind of told me what to do. Uh-huh. So I go put a bait up and uh, I just kept going. It wasn't getting hit. He kept saying it'd get hit. Well, anyways. Was that weird for you starting to put out bait? Was that was, like contrary to your belief? of honey? No, no, I was all about it. I was fine with it. Because um, yeah. 
A lot of these bears in these heavy timber areas, you you won't even see a bear if you don't put out bait. Ever, so right? I've been yeah, I've been hunting this since I said 2004, and I've never seen a bear just cruising a hillside before ever. We're always looking, but usually you get in the timber and then or or bait, and that's how you find them. Mm-hmm. But so I just threw out a bait, didn't just throw it out, hiked it up, did everything that I thought I was supposed to do. Night 14, I just kept driving up on weekends, all my days off. Um, I get up there and I see that the bait, something's eating out of it. And I'm like, whoa, there's a bear. Right all on. right. You know, it's finally <laughs> been hit. Yeah. So I get up, at that time I was tree stand hunting. I get up in my tree stand and I'm lounged out like I'm in a recliner because after a point you get so bored, you start to not just be sitting there ready to go um you've got your books with you and i'm just kicked back in a tree stand as weird as that sounds anyway i see a black paw hit the ground and i'm like no way it's a freaking bear these things are real yeah never seen never even seen a bear i mean besides you know tv zoo type stuff right i've never seen a wild bear before and so I'm like, is it a good one? I'm like, I don't really know. It looks pretty good. <clears throat> but, yeah. but it had, I remember it had a big white blaze patch on its chest. And I was like, I was just like, that thing is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I'm going to smoke it. So anyways, it comes in and it was terrible. I don't even know if I've ever admitted this story. So <laughs> I draw back. It's a 30 yard shot. And, you know, I shoot my bow all the freaking time. Always have draw back i'm shaking so fucking bad bro at this point right i cut the arrow loose and i miss and it's like all that effort for nothing now were you did you were you forgetting like aim low aim low you know what i you're not sure i couldn't it was so long ago but okay so this is what happens though the bear walks up to the arrow and starts pawing the fletch and the knock. Like just trying to figure out what the fuck just happened. Just happened because it's a bow, so it wasn't a gunshot. Yeah. Well, anyways, the bears just stays there, and I'm like, no way, I'm going to get a second crack at this thing. Yeah. So I grab another arrow, knock it, draw back, and this time I'm like, get a hold of yourself, check your level, you, you know, always check your level. Yeah. And... I cut that next arrow loose and I freaking laced him up, smashed him. It ran like 30 yards and it just rolled over and it started doing a bear moan, which people that have never heard a bear moan before uh, and you don't expect it when it dies, it's like making this god awful noise. Oh shit. But so I've never heard a bear die. Like one of my goals has always been to kill a bear with my bow. Yeah. And I've I've passed on shots at bears that are unethical shots because I just I'm not gonna send a seventy four right. yard bomb into a bear while I'm staring in the sun or Absolutely. Or or whatever it is. But my my dream is always just, you know, four hundred plus pound bear smoking him with a bow before we turn this podcast on Andy told me that and I said what are you doing let's go bear hunt yeah what are you doing why haven't you let me know yet yeah so um the bear dies 
and I stand up in my tree stand all my all by myself and I start fist pumping and going, I got you, you motherfucker. <laughs> and I started laughing at myself. I was yeah. like, you're talking to yourself yeah. in the mountains right now. Yeah, but that's just the thrill of the hunt, man. That's that that's that excitement, right? Yeah, oh yeah. It was it was freaking badass. So anyway, I get down to this bear. And I didn't even know, I didn't even really want to walk up to it because I was like, is it dead? You know, like, yeah. I'm just a kid, dude. Yeah. So I grab its leg and it's obviously deader than a doornail. Yeah. So um, it was wild. So what happened then is uh, I wasn't real sure what to do with it 100%. Like, I, I could quarter it out, but I'm like, I want to make a rug out of this. Yeah. I go down, um, I call my buddy, and he freaking bombs like a hundred miles up there he's so stoked for me gets up there we get up there in headlamps and uh he shows me how to skin out i got to see one bear get skinned out and he skinned it out for me rugged it you know we quartered it and all that but now when I, you skin it out how are you are you coming up from you're cutting off the paw going up from the paw to the chest to the chest down and the then, chest to the testicles yeah. you know anus and then uh doing the legs and and no, that's on each each leg, zip zip zip. Each zip. leg you go all up, the way yeah. up to the all the way, all up, the way up to, up to the, the chin neck. about neck. Or well, not ch um, yeah, just just the middle of the neck, and then uh, you just usually what I'll do if I have my saw with me, you know, just cut the neck off, and then I let the taxidermist deal with a lot of it. Like I don't ever, I just cut the paws off. I don't ever take it down to the you know take it down to the joint. Yeah. And then I'll let the taxidermist mess with that part of it. Yeah. But. Yeah, so that That's was what you pay him for, right? Yeah, that was freaking cool. Um, so I got to see it one time, and then it's really not that you know it's not that complicated once you do it. Once you skin some animals, you kind of have an idea yeah, of what you, you're doing. You kind of get it down. Um, okay. And then everybody was like, "Bear meat's nasty." Blah blah blah, dude. I I dig it. Yeah. You know, I like it. So uh, Idaho changed the law now that you don't have to keep the meat if you don't want to. And I'm like, yeah, I'll eat it. But that's like we were talking about earlier. We live off wild game. Yeah. It's what we, it's what we live off of. So, um, I don't, I don't mind it at all, but yeah. Oh man. The bear stories and watching them get close. It's wild. So, you know, I've killed, I've killed a couple spot and stock. I've killed a few, um, out of tree stands and then what happened was i don't like heights i freaking hate heights uh -huh. right so yeah. uh one time i was like i'm gonna try ground blind and see if this works out because i hate being up in that motherfucking tree so bad right um it didn't help that we'd put them up i'd put them up as high as i could too like an idiot but anyway <laughs> once we went to the ground blinds it changed the game because now you can hunt through storms um yeah and bad weather and stay and dry and stay dry you can get away with a little bit more movement you can read your books or now we listen to podcast you know i yeah. just download andy's podcast <laughs> <That's new and laughs> so fucked up. but yeah <laughs> so that helps with the entertainment part of it because you know you're sitting in those things usually about five and a half to six hours to sit you know yeah like, and I'm not going to say it's action-packed the whole time. Sometimes it gets wild. Yeah. Know? I mean, I've had four, five, six bears hitting that hitting that bait at the same time, and you're like, whoa, what just happened? We went two weeks of not seeing a bear, and now this thing just came alive. Came I think alive. the rut Here has something to do with that, too, though. They the start bear rut. rut? Yeah. Yeah. 
So anyways, um, yeah, lots of great, lots of great bear hunting. Killed lots of bears, taken lots of buddies bear hunting. Um, let's just keep hoping they don't mess it up and take away bait like they have in every other state but Idaho and Wyoming. So, right. Well, yeah. so I guess for, before we continue on, why don't you tell us who you are? Okay. Tell. Yeah. I mean, we're sitting in your trophy room right now. Yeah. I woke, um, I woke up in it this morning. Yeah, and he did. He got in super late last night. I went to bed on him. Woke up this morning. He was already up, though. It's all good. Yeah. With very little sleep, my Andy. Yeah. So, I'm good at that, though. Uh, name's Ken Rosenkranz. Uh, I I work so I can go hunting. <laughs> That's about it. Right. Uh, live in Northeast. But, Nevada. I mean, don't we all, though? I, for, for me, I've, I have this sign above my bed at my, at my family's cabin, and it, it says... Uh, Uh, born to hunt, forced to work. That's right. Right. Yeah, that's it. And like my biggest thing has always been like the only reason why I would put effort into my job was so I could spend more time in the outdoors and hunting. Yeah. I totally get that. And then uh, additionally, you know, when we first started out, I don't know about you, but the gear we used was so bad. So <laughs> it was different. So bad. So I would say in the last eight years, gear has been so revolutionized. Oh, and I'm a gear junkie now too. Uh huh. I love. I'm not. I I recognize the fact that there's been more big game killed with a pair of Levi's and a flannel shirt than anything. Yeah. But what those guys would have done. <laughs> Could you imagine awesome what stuff. they would have been able, their capabilities, if they would have had stuff that was more comfortable? Dude, don't you feel like sometimes you look out of a 95 spot and scope and you're like, this is cheating, man. Yeah. I love it. I got to have it, right? Yeah. I got to yeah. have this stuff. Oh, so. yeah. Well, like, I'll look out of my Mavens and I'm like, man, this is like, seriously? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, like let's do some glass. And yeah, glass has been taken to a whole nother level, too. Um, but yeah, I, I, lo I freaking love gear. My best buddy I hunt with, I I can't keep up with him, man. He spends, <laughs> he spends crazy money on it. Uh -huh. I'm always playing catch-up. But And then the problem is something new comes out, and you're like, oh, I got to have this. Like That freaking QU sleeping bag, I was rocking a Marmot, a Helium uh -huh. for years, and uh, dropped the coin on that QU sleeping bag, and I'm like, man, this thing is freaking badass. I love it. But... Yeah, anyway, so about myself, um, like I was saying, just work, work to hunt, to find a way to go hunting, um, put in a lot of overtime. My name's Ken Rosencrans. I live up in northeastern Nevada, um, changed tires for a living, started a little tire shop back in 2000s after I graduated college. Yeah, um, which that tire shop is inevitably how you and I met years back after my first met. after my first Utah mule deer hunt blowing tires coming down the coming down 80 in the salt flats yeah and he comes into the tire shop needing a tire and we just started talking hunting yeah, that's you, what we do and you you had just drawn your first sheep tag I just drawn my first sheep tag and then we uh, you gave me your phone number and we were texting back and forth yeah which I, I mean, don't do that with a lot of people yeah we kind of just became buddies you know, sitting right there in the parking lot talking about hunting yeah just talking about hunting yeah and then just texting back and forth. I'm on my sheep hunt. I'm sending Andy, Andy pictures of scouting photos and different stuff. And he's wishing me good luck. 
Next thing you know, we start running. Well, I was originally, I was trying to get on the hunt, and you're like, motherfucker, I don't even know you. Yeah, well, yeah. I had a lot of people wanting to go on yeah, that bet, hunt, though, dude. dude. I did. Yeah. Um, As with any sheep tag, though. Yeah. Oh, man. So many people wanting to go. Uh, when I, we can get into my sheep hunt here in a second. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's how I met Andy, and then we just stayed in touch. We see each other at shows. The wild thing about Andy is all of a sudden I'll get a phone call from him while he's on the side of a mountain. What are you doing? Hunting. What are you doing? Hunting. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Good. Just knocked down a good buck a couple days ago in Utah. Now I'm over in Montana. <laughs> um, and me and Andy were supposed to do a podcast back in December. We do, we've been trying to get a podcast sketched out since... For a long time. Since, I, since we first met. Yeah. I mean, we were talking time. about doing one that year. Yeah, well, so December, I felt bad. I tried to call his phone. He doesn't answer. We're supposed to do a podcast. I'm like, fuck it, dude. I've got an elk tag. I'm going to elk. I'm, I'll catch yeah. it. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll run into each other eventually. We did, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, so, talking about gear. Yeah. I just went and picked up, you came out with Gale Force, right? Which is supposed to be their super new heavy duty cold weather gear. Mm-hmm. And it's... Are you familiar with much of their products? Yeah, yeah. So it's like the Kenai uh, synthetic down. Right. In their Katana rain pants. So Are the Katana... Are, those aren't the puffy pants. Those are rain pants. Then. Those are rain pants. Okay. The Katanas are, are rain pants. Mm-hmm. But now, so they've made insulated Katana rain pants. So just hunting those all season long then. Well, so that's what I got to go up to do what I'm doing in... Oh, yeah, yeah. In Montana, which yeah. I can't talk about publicly. You can't talk about that yet. No. What about, me and Casey were on a deer hunt, dude pulls out a freaking pair of puffy pants, right? And I'm uh-huh. like, what? Where did these things come from? Oh, yeah. And it was like, I gotta, ha- I gotta have those for glassing? Dude, oh, the, man. The, the puffy pants are... The puffy pants, yeah. ...are so important. They're like a detrimental part of all of my later season hunts, and they're in my backpack anywhere I go. The pants and the jacket. I was the guy that made fun of puffy coats, dude. Yeah, until you need it. And then all of a sudden, you put one on, and you're like, Wow, I could have dude, this level of comfort ever doing for, li- for, the, <clears throat> for the most minimal sacrifice of added weight into my backpack. When I was mountain goat hunting this year in Kodiak... As long as it wasn't raining, all mm-hmm. I had on was puffies, dude. It was yeah. like, yeah, it was perfect. And then the rain hits, and it's like, all right. Let's get for me. for deer hunting, do you glass with a spotter, or do you glass with binos? Uh, well, no, I usually, I hate not having my spotter, dude. I fucking hate not having a spotting uh-huh. scope. I'll pack it to some terrible places, or... Like me and my best buddy that hunt together, um, we've got a nine. He's got a ninety-five. I don't I have an eighty, but Swaro or Swaro, yeah. yeah. And I'll pack half of it, and he'll Gotta pack half of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was a guy saying I can't keep up with gear, dude. I'm still rocking an eighty, which is great. Yeah. But you know he. How heavy is that ninety-five? Oh, what did we decide? I think it's a pound heavier than the eighty. I'm not going to start Googling stuff, but I, if that thing's not every bit of three pounds, I'd be surprised, dude. Really? Yeah. Do you think then, that having that from the 80 to the 95, is it is it that much different? I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But no, I mean, <clears throat> I find a lot, <clears throat> I find a lot of animals out of my, <clears throat> excuse me, I find a ton of animals out of my 80, no doubt. Um, 
But usually if there's two of us, we hunt together, you know, so yeah. there's just no reason to pack more than one, so we just take the best one that we've got. But <clears throat> Maybe that's what I need to work on. Because usually there'll be, you know, how many ever people and everybody's got a spotter and, and their binoculars. Like this year, I kind of started using my 10 power binos off tripod. Which is great. Way I do that too. More. I do that too. And the amount of wildlife you can pick up. It's amazing. Is insane. I was doing that when you used to, I pack my heavy ass tripod. Cause now you've got everything's yeah. carbon and light. Yeah. I pack a tripod and uh, a pistol grip, a Manfrotto pistol grip with this fucked up heavy ass platform to put my binos on mm -hmm. <clears throat> because at that time I couldn't afford a spotting scope. Yeah. <clears throat> loved it, loved it. So I still I still will put my binos on a tripod. And yeah. it's freaking, <clears throat> it's so much better, dude. So much better. Well, I just feel like the amount of ground that I get to cover. And then if I see something and I'm like, all right, I need to actually take a look at that. I'll pull my spotter out. Yeah. Or some of these general season hunts that we go on, especially on an archery hunt, it's like, is it a five or six point bull? Good enough. I'm going after it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, we're not out there trying to, the odds of shooting a 350 bull on some of these hunts are extremely unlikely. So it's like, dude, that's a bull. Let's go. Yeah. You know? Going for it. So have you hunted your entire life? Well, I've not big game. Um, you know, like in high school, we were always doing a lot of fishing and rabbit hunting. And did you come from a hunting family or not? Not really. No, yeah. no. So you kind of got into it on your own. I did. I always loved fishing, <clears throat> bird hunting. But when you're a kid, it's kind of hard to get in. <clears throat> Boy, unless your family's got you diving in. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. And it's just hard to get in with people. So as soon as I had a job, though, it was on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> First animal, first big game animal I ever killed was an antelope over a water hole with a bow and arrow. Really? So you've been bow hunting since day since one? Since day one. Since yeah. day one, yeah. And uh, I think I killed probably eight or ten animals with a bow, big game. And then I finally drew a, a rifle tag, right? Uh -huh. And then uh, killed a bull elk with a rifle, killed some cows, killed some deers. And then pretty soon, you know, it's like... I'm not this Puritan bow hunter. I love to bow hunt, but it's like, give me a tag for anything, dude, and we'll go hunting. Whatever prolongs the season. That's it. That's right? where I'm at. Yeah. I, I totally understand that. The bear thing, I never really wanted to shoot. It was like, okay, if we're going to hunt bait, mm -hmm. I don't want to use a gun, though. Yeah. Because, yeah. for obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean, for me, with a bear, ever since I decided that I was going to start walking with a bear tag in my pocket. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, I do not want to kill a bear with a rifle. And I've, I, if I packed a rifle with me or, or was willing to shoot a bear with a rifle, I could have killed plenty of bears. Yeah. And for me, the, the challenge of doing it with a bow is so much greater than doing it with a rifle. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, I... Oh, man. Back in those early days, it was such a shit show. All I did know is I shot my bow a lot, mm -hmm. and I was accurate with it. Do you shoot your bow as much today as you used to when you started out? <sighs> or, you, or do you not? Yeah, I... <laughs> dude, I shoot a lot. Of, I shoot a lot, right? Yeah. But I... 
that okay so i live in a small town so there's not a whole lot to do so when i'm at work yeah i'll take my lunch hour and i'll shoot my bow yeah but right. your parking lot is just in my parking lot immense. yeah i'll you just can, shoot my bow you could probably drop 100 yard bombs in there and no one would even notice i've got a buddy now with a big ass shop and it's so amazing because in the winter time uh-huh. we turn the lights on uh-huh. and it's not heated but it's better than nothing right yeah and we'll freaking pound targets for hours uh, right out here a couple miles out of town but yeah I mean I still sh- I still shoot my bow a ton I don't do the 3d events like I used to because my business has grown a lot yeah so I don't have quite the time but yeah I mean I remember the first 3d shoot I won should get you that to come was... out to the West Coast archery event this year let me let me give it's, me a, it's a weekend long event you just come let me camp guess all it's in May and June yeah yeah I do it's a bear season. <laughs> yeah, yeah that I was, was thinking about it before I told you. That, that. was, was kind like, of always my thing. I'm, I I got into 3D sh- archery shooting for hunting. It was never to win. It was never to win. It was never. Well, to so win. this isn't. A, but this isn't a tournament to uh-huh. win. There's nothing to win. Yeah. It's literally just an a, an extremely fun time. The only day that you shoot is the last day of the archery shoot. The first two days is just hanging out and you know. Bullshitting and eating good food and well, let's go kill some bears and we'll go to that. I'm down. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Sounds like a good way to spend May. Yeah, I do. I love. I do love pounding foam, but I'd way rather pounding. Uh, yeah, I'd way rather <laughs> be going hunting. So. When does bear season open in Idaho? It starts April 15th, but it's rare to get in that early. We do you it because of snowpack. Yeah, you got cabin fever like a motherfucker, and it's just like I'll say to Casey, I'll be like, let's go freaking let's go put some bait in and yeah. then you get up there and you're like what the hell did we get ourselves into we're walking in snow to our ball sacks dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so usually memorial weekend is when it gets really freaking you know it really really good that's my favorite weekend to bear hunt take a four-day weekend just keep baiting keep baiting and then uh go up on memorial and usually smoke a bear so yeah. sometime around then yeah um but yeah, I, I always loved the the 3D shoots. It was, uh, and then uh, I guess this is my thing too. After I won my first 3D shoot, I thought, yeah, that was badass. But it was nothing like killing an animal. Mm-hmm. wasn't that high. You know, it was just like, all right, give me my little yeah. piece of shit trophy and right on. You know, let's go. Well, but, and then there's some people that can just smoke targets all day long and not hit a live animal for their fucking and life. And then they get, put, yeah, you put a beaten heart out there and the and whole game they changes. They get, quote, target panic. Target panic, yeah. yeah. And it's just, I'm glad I never had that. I never had that on an animal or on a target, I guess. Yeah. But. Yeah. So, you know, that, and then, anyways, back to me and Andy, I drawn my sheep tag. Oh, yeah, we went way off. Yeah, we went way off. (laughs) So I draw my sheep tag, and I was actually speaking about the bear thing. This is back in 2017 when everybody and their dog could see the results on on the website, Who Drew Rut. Well, I'm headed bear hunting, and uh, for some reason, the person that I was with, I said, hey, Nevada's probably up. Check the draw results, right? It's actually my girlfriend at the time. And uh, she goes, and she didn't minimize it enough, and she's like, yeah, you you didn't draw, because you have to keep minimizing names because there's so many applicants. 
Well, she just went to Rose, Rose and Crans, look, nothing. And she goes, you didn't draw anything. I was like, fuck, par for the course, whatever. Yeah. You, you know, because we put in for every Western state there is. You get kind of used to getting rejected. Well, you just, yeah, exactly. You just We were talking about that earlier, just, yeah. just that fee. Just getting hit with that initial fee. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. And Lost my money again this year. That's it. Once in a while, I hope to pick up a tag. Yeah. <clears throat> so... I was like, par for the course, that's what I said. Well, then my buddy Dan calls me up, and he's like, did you check the draw results? I was like, yeah, I didn't draw shit. How about you? And he's like, Ken, you need to check that again. And I'm thinking it's a bull tag when he said that. Yeah. I'm not thinking shit. You're like, what did I draw? Why would... So I said that to him. I go, what did I draw? And he goes, just check the results. I go, motherfucker, and tell what me. did I draw? And he goes, Ken, you're not going to believe this. And I'm like, what? He goes, you drew a sheep tag. I literally started pounding the roof of my tundra with my fist, yeah. losing my mind, yeah. right? So excited. So jacked up. So Because I knew what that meant. You know, I, I, I knew. It was like the most coveted tag in North America, desert sheep tag. Yeah. And it was like, no fucking way. It's a like, fucking $85,000 tag right that's, there. Oh, we'll get into that, dude. Yeah. That gorilla that you get on your back when you have that tag. Too. Yeah. So, you know, we're we're DIY guys. Big time DIY. Yeah, that's it. I just So it was like, okay. The first thing I said to him was I said, what unit? Because you get five units you get to apply for yeah. in Nevada, right? And he tells me, and I'm like, where the fuck is that? Because <laughs> you're throwing darts, dude. Yeah, Every time I put in for Nevada sheep, I'm like, well, I guess I'll pick here. Yeah. And I'll pick there. And then see which one happens first. So he tells me the unit, and I'm like, <coughs> super stoked. Of course, I'm on the phone, just like, I drew a sheep tag. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, I went on that bear hunt. I got back. I don't remember if I killed a bear on that hunt or not. Um, I get back, and so, let's see, the draws come out June 1st in Nevada, usually, and I get the maps out, I'm e-scouting, doing everything you can, check and kill, kill reports, harvest reports, everything. Well, what I noticed about the unit I drew, it only had about a 50% success rate the year before, uh-huh. and that's not really what you want, you know, you're hoping you get a sheep shopping unit. But it was like, well, this is clearly not a sheep shopping unit, but there have been a couple good rams killed out of now, this unit. Now, by a sheep shopping unit, you mean looking a at a lot of, sheep, of big rams. Yeah, looking at a lot of big rams. Because yeah. some of these, you know, you get into the Some bears. units have a lot of big rams. I've seen, you know, yeah, Nevada's, yeah. Nevada's got a lot of great desert rams. If you get if you draw units, the tag. you're drawing roads, dude, and yeah. seeing lots of rams. Yeah. Well, this wasn't that kind of unit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyways, I do as much of everything I possibly can. Um, finally, July 1st, drive down to Tonopah area, down in there. There's a lot of units, so whatever, down there. But um, get down there. It's like 108 degrees. Yeah. And I say to I say to Casey, I'm like, we're just going to learn the roads this weekend. Like, well, how do hiking in that? That's going to be brutal, right? Jake this last summer would be like all right cool can you go check these trail cameras or or whatever down in the southern california mojave deserts and shit like that you know and he's like but here's the thing dude you gotta hike in at two in the morning and you need to be back to your truck otherwise you'll just roast you need to be back to your truck by 7 a.m he's Uh like otherwise it's you can't do it it's too hot and like that's crazy man 
That is so crazy to think about. Like, how do you hike around in 108 degree temperatures? Well, we, I just told them we're going to, because you have to learn the unit. You got to learn the roads. You got to learn the mountain ranges. I mean, either right. way. So it was like, this come is a, up with names for all the different parts, too. Yeah, yeah. So I went crazy, though. I mean, I knew everything you could possibly know about this unit. And for you DIY guys, you know, that's just what you do when you have the biggest tag of your life. Um, I yeah. was I was completely obsessed with it. Completely obsessed with Study it. Study it. Yeah. Um, so I get down there. We learned that roads that first time. Didn't see a sheep. Wasn't really too worried about seeing a sheep. I was just like, let's understand the unit. Um, and, dude, these are big mountains. Giant mountains. So uh, get back. And then what happened, which was crazy, when I say I got obsessed with it, I mean to the point where I started social media stalking people that had the tag before. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I'd never really heard of people doing that a little bit. So I'm, ch- I'm checking kill reports. I'm getting on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere I can. Looking up the looking names up of the these kill people. report. Nobody will talk to me. And I get a hold of my buddy, Casey Orr, who, or this guy named Casey Orr. I wasn't my buddy at the time, which we ended up being great friends. I went on his Ely bull hunt with him this year. But oh, he, he had the Ely tag. Yeah, he was the guy that had the Ely tag. That's shot a, a good great bull. bull. Yeah, that's shot a, a great I mean, dude, bull. if you can get in there, mm-hmm. that's a really good tag. Yeah, it was. It I was, probably shouldn't talk it, about. Well, it's it's. I guess it's pretty well known. Yeah, it's pretty well known. It's a good tag. It's hard though. That's a hard. That's a hard hunt. It's super they're, grunt. They're, yeah, <laughs> and you don't see tons and tons of bulls on that hunt either, but. Every once in a while, you'll pick up a giant. Yeah. So I get a hold of this dude on Facebook, and he sends me a message. He's like, I'm at work right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I talk to you after work? And he's like, never had somebody. He's a guide, too, by the way. Yeah. He's like, never had somebody get a hold of me on social media for this, right? And yeah. Gets a hold of me after work. He gives me a couple kernels of different spots where he killed his ram, where he's seen rams. But it was a pretty general overview of what I already knew, yeah. right? But it was still cool that he was willing to help me out. Yeah. Um, so anyways, just kept going down every weekend scouting. Um, like I was telling you this morning, you got five months from you, the time you draw the tag till it's time to go. So if you don't take advantage of that and you show up in one of these subpar units with a sheep tag, you're going to be very disappointed. With subpar scouting. Sub, oh, well, yeah. You're going to come out fucking with no results. You're going to come out with like the people the year before with a 50% harvest report on it. Yeah. And that is what I realized later. After I kept scouting, it was like, these people just showed up, didn't they? Because it's so mental. Um you know, the whole time you're thinking, I've got the heaviest piece of paper I've ever had in my entire life. Um, you know, from if these people that buy these tags, it, well, it's just not even affordable for us. You know, fifty to ninety thousand dollar hunts, um, and I got it for one hundred twenty bucks. So the gorilla on my back was so, oh, it was incredible. Now, talking about the gorilla on your back with that tag, were you? I mean, sure, you and you already knew you were in a subpar unit. Uh-huh. But how much were inches a factor in it? Okay, so this is what I went on. I said, would I want to shoot shoot a sheep that I would life-size mount, that I would be proud to life-size mount. That was really what it was. Yeah. Just a good ram that I'd be proud of. I wasn't really worried about inches so much. Because I'll tell you this, you've been on a lot of sheep hunts now. 
If you can tell me how big a base is an animal has at two miles for a spotting scope, you're better than I am. You oh, know. dude. <laughs> I, and it's, I mean, one of my most humbling, not, uh, yeah, probably one of my most humbling moments this year. And one of my most teachable moments is a better way to put it. One of my most teachable moments this year is I've been <clears throat> getting a lot better at judging sheep and, and looking at rams and right. and knowing and knowing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, yeah, you know, you know, a respectable ram, you know, when you ram. see it, yeah. you know, but the most difficult thing when you're looking at sheep is that. So this one ram we saw, my first time I saw it, I was like, no way, not a, not at all, and kept glassing. Right. Right? And looking for other rams. And then three hours later, come back to that ram and start looking at him and start picking him apart and start making him in my head to be what I want him to be because he has it. Yeah. Right? He... he, he Full curl, you know, yeah. tips out, the whole thing. But he's just a baby little ram. But in my head, uh, yeah, I start you've adding. Long, you've been hunting long enough, and you you know now that you can make an animal <laughs> bigger than it way is. Way bigger than it but is. But when you do see a quality one, it's like you no know. fucking brainer. It's quality, right? dude. Yeah. Like you, and that, it's so funny because it's something that Jake would be like. He'd, we'd be on the, we'd be talking on the phone, and he'd be like, "Are you looking at a big ram or not?" And I'd be like, "No." If and if I had to think about it, if I had to think about it, I wasn't. Right. Yeah. You know? No. So um, I freaking, <coughs> I'm scouting this thing. I'm picking. I started eventually picking up use smaller rams, and you probably know this now too. As well, I know you know this. But pretty soon, after you start seeing a lot of sheep, your eye gets trained for it. You see the white ass with the dark line going down the middle. So yeah. you know it's not a rock. It's not a white rock anymore right. and all that. Um, so start picking up sheep. And then I'm down there scouting by myself, which normally my hunting buddy would be with me. But that year, he drew his Idaho mountain goat tag. Mm -hmm. So we're like, fuck, man, I've got a sheep tag, you got a goat tag, you go do your scouting, I'll do my scouting, and we'll join up for the hunts. Because mm -hmm. the hunts were at different times. They were at different times, yeah. yeah. Mine was the end of November, and we weren't going to go on his hunt till like, around October 8th, because we wanted the hair to be good for mm -hmm. his mountain goat. So it was so cool, though. We're sending each other photos when we'd get back from scouting. Updates. And it's just like, okay, you're doing your homework, I'm doing my homework. Well, I finally hike back in there, because um, you're not, you're just not seeing, where, where I was hunting, you're not seeing any sheep from the roads, and we're not really road hunters anyway, right? Yeah. So, uh, pack back in a ways, and I freaking put the spot and scope up, and I, I don't know how far I was, a, a long ways, at least a couple miles, right? And I see bone from that far away on this freaking ram this ram and I'm like that thing's got to be pretty good if I if I'm seeing that much bone from this deep mm -hmm. so I'm like all right I'm gonna pop back up there I'm gonna hike up there and find this ram get a better look at it I get up over this freaking ridge and I can't find the sheep and all of a sudden I look down 200 yards away 
and he's right there You're just with on three top U's, of and I'm like, oh, fuck, man, I'm too close, dude, yeah. I'm going to bump this Ram out of here. Anyway, wind was good. I ended up sitting there with that Ram all day long, just going, now that is a Ram. Like, we were talking about, you either see a Ram that's okay, and then you see one that's good, and you're like, that's a good Ram, and... Yeah. Uh, I must have taken 300 photos of this thing with my phone scope. Just you know, even there. right there, 200 like, yards, like, I still like, have yeah. my scope on it and everything. He started moving, and then eventually it was around 300 yards and uh, took tons of photos of it. And I was like, that's the ram I want. Uh, you know, here we go. When I had talked to the biologist, he told me, Ken, expect to shoot about a 140-inch ram in this unit. And I was disappointed when I heard that. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really want a 140-inch ram. So when I finally see my first good ram, I'm like, yeah, whatever, Mr. Biologist. Which, they're great. They're great people. They're there yeah. to help you. But it's like, no, we, we, we're finding bigger rams than this now. Yeah. Just putting in work. So anyways, um, then it's time for me to go on Casey's Mountain Goat Hunt. I go up there, and you could tell his scouting had paid off. I mean, we're camped out. At, I don't know what we were, 9,000 I remember you were sending me yeah. pictures of the camp on that hunt. Yeah, yeah, we're camped. Because we're the mountain goats. They're at the top. Yeah. We go up there. There's mountain goats freaking everywhere. Um, he ended up <laughs> shooting a stud billy on day three. But for a couple of days, we just sat there glassing mountain goats. No look, other hunters, nothing. Yeah. It was amazing. Well, looking at a mountain goat, was it difficult to to really judge which one was bigger? Because like, it's, people tell it me that you're tough. really looking at a quarter inch, you and really that's are. it. You, you really know, are. Quarter, and, maybe half an inch. And thankfully, he had done his homework, so much due diligence yeah. for it. Because if he would have been relying on me, it was like they all—they they almost all look the damn yeah. same, dude. Their hair, their hair was great on him. But then once again, once we found his Billy that he kind of—he'd already picked out yeah. through scouting. Um, it was like, oh yeah, that thing—that thing's freaking stud, six and a half year old Billy, just a great mountain goat. Yeah. Um, he he shoots. And for a public land DIY hunt, you yeah. really can't. Oh beat yeah, it. yeah. And mm -hmm. we're in tough, tough. All mountain goat. Every mountain goat hunt I know of is pretty tough. I, mean, yeah. I think there's a couple in Colorado that might be easy, but easier. But regular mountain goat hunts just a grind. So, anyways, he ends up shooting this freaking stud billy, and I remember when we walked up to it, it was like, look at this thing. This is this is wild. Because at this point, we've been killing antelope, deer, elk, bears, mountain lions, but never, mm -hmm. you know, never. A mountain goat so anyways awesome freaking hunt the kid did good uh i watched my best friend be the happiest i've ever seen him in my entire life so so jack just dude. beyond belief. just beyond so okay his hunt's done now i'm up to bat next um we get down there i obviously went a few days early before the hunt just to relocate the rams mm -hmm. day before the season I see my, we see my ram. I'm like, oh, it's done in the morning. This thing is done. Wake up in the morning, cannot find him anywhere. And I'm thinking it's going to be a slam dunk because I put so much time in. I just watched this ram bed down. Uh, nowhere. Can't pick him up anywhere. Had a lot of spotters on the mountain. Um, saw sheep, saw rams, didn't see the ram. And I'm going, you forget all of a sudden that you have a 30-day season. It's like, 
where did my ram go what the heck i've been waiting so long for this i have this massive so grill built on my up. back yeah anyways no big uh, no big deal well, we got... isn't that crazy though let's talk about that for a minute how okay. quickly rams can disappear it's just gone just, just vanish just vanish. and it kind of having extra spotters and extra people on the mountain to help is pretty important it's it, it really helps a lot yeah <clears throat> yeah and it is it is yeah it's you know the problem with it is is my buddy i only had I had a couple people go down with me and scout, Casey and my buddy Dan, but I did a lot of it solo. So I'm trying, once everybody gets there, I'm trying to explain to them on maps the where, to, where to be glassing in the range and all that. Do you use Google Earth at all? Oh, yeah. Google Earth is so beneficial on the phone. It's so, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so day one's in the books. Um, no big deal. We did see, we, we've seen Rams, just not a shooter. Day two, I'm like, okay, I know where I've also seen this ram. It's, you know, because a couple miles is no big deal. A sheep can cover that, no big deal. Yeah. So uh, we go we go backpacking in, hiking in, looking for this ram. Um, we're finding rams again, not finding him. But this story gets awesome because so my two buddies, uh, I'm like, hey, let's go down here. Uh, we'll check out some things on our way out. It's starting to be to the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Well, Casey gets up. We're, I think we're taking a break, sitting down, bullshitting a little bit. And Casey gets up to go take a piss. He walks around the corner and he's like, gives us the look like, Rams, Rams, right? He's freaking. He's like, yeah, yeah. As, he, as he's got his peck in his hand, right? <laughs> taking a piss. <coughs> so we go over there and we look at him. I'm like, okay, yeah, they're, they're Rams. They're decent. Not quite a shooter. Well, then my other buddy, Derek, he starts glassing to the west, which the sun is right in his face, right? And I'm like, I try to glass in opposite ways of looking right into the sun, you know? But Sometimes that's your only option, though. That's kind of, he just wanted to comb it because there was rams there. So anyway, he said to me, now imagine this, Andy, a guy's... You have all this pressure. You're thinking about this big ram. It's like, bring on, bring and on. all of a sudden, your buddy goes... I think I have a ram, and if it is, he's freaking huge. Uh -huh. What does that mean? I think I have a ram. Yeah. Right? It's like, is it or not? Well, rock rams, dude. Rock rams are pretty deceptive. Yeah, total rock rams. So I'm like, whatever. All of a sudden, he goes, I think it's a ram. Well, I'm trying to pick it up. You're looking into the sun. I'm like, I'm not picking up a ram. Um, and then he goes, Yep, it's a ram. And I'm like, Derek, where the fuck is it? Yeah. Right. So, me and Casey throw our spotting scopes up on it. It was like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's him. That's him. Sweet. Um, You're like, all right, we're on him. It, that was it. Kind of made a game plan. <coughs> Check the wind. Do everything you do. Put the stock on him. Um, we get up on him. The shot's going to be 330 yards. Yeah. And the problem with it is, is I have to wait for the sun to go down behind the mountain because I can't see it in my scope. So, yeah. This is only a 20-minute wait for sunset, um, but it was the longest 20 minutes of my life having my dream animal sitting across the canyon on me and just having to wait for the shot to go down for the, for the opportunity to be available. So anyways, all of a sudden the sun goes down and I'm thinking in my head, this is the culmination of my hunting career. I'm going to smoke me a sheep right now. Uh -huh. My buddies are like, breathe, can 
they were so good. They were just kind of calming me down, like, let's kill this. Well, how helpful is it to have that happen? It was so helpful. Like, even to the point where it's like, are you comfortable? And then that 20 minutes, we had enough distance, we could whisper to each other. Mm -hmm. So we were almost still joking around. Because, you know, hunting's not all just killing. There's so much downtime. Yeah. So the people you're hunting Well, there's, like, so much stuff where, like, if you're not being positive and silly and, like, joking around... It can get pretty boring. Dude. Yeah. It would just be the most tedious thing on the planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because <clears throat> the killing part and the stocks, they're rare, you know? Yeah. It's just not, it's just not constant, constant hunting. So we're, we're doing what we do. Me and these guys have been on tons of hunts together. They're kind of, we're kind of joking, but not getting stupid crazy with the jokes. Yeah. Not to just giggle and stuff. Anyways, um, it got dead quiet when we realized it was time to <laughs> time to rock and roll. Though. It's go time. Yeah, so uh, take the safety off, put the crosshairs on, squeeze the trigger, and all I hear is Casey yell out, "Big ram down!" Yeah, and I'm like, "Holy fuck, dude!" I started tearing up. Yeah, like I don't cry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a man. I've got tears <laughs> rolling down my face. Um. I'm looking at it. I'm like, holy shit, did that really just happen? Yeah. And it did. It freaking happened. So <laughs> that five and a half month anticipation of killing a ram finally worked out. Um, we hike around to it, and I remember picking up its head, and you see, you know, you've seen, been on sheep hunts now. You pick up the back of the head, and you're like, holy shit. I knew it had good yeah. bases. I didn't know at the time the bases were going to tape out at 15 and 3 eighths. Yeah. But it was like, dude, that's a good ram. You know, it went 163 in a unit that I was supposed to shoot a 140 ram in. Yeah. Uh, we're staring at him right now. Here I know. Well, you know what's crazy is like, just imagine if, if he would have gotten... did that, How old did they age him at? Uh, five and a half. So imagine if, if he would have gotten to eight or ten years old. It would have been incredible. What yeah. size ram he would be. Yeah, so the genetics are clearly there. The genetics are there. The rams aren't, but the genetics are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, we, uh, what did we do? We ended up walking up to it and uh, just, uh, like I said, tears, hugs, you know, isn't it amazing how men start hugging and stuff like that, shaking hands, you're just on top of the world. Yeah. Everything's great. Um, and then the other thing about it is, so I knew I was going to life-size it, and you're going, man, I really don't want to screw this one up. We've skinned out a lot of things, but... We, you know, nothing, we, nothing this important. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing how that level of importance really changes your hand, too. Yeah. <sighs> Makes it you be really, so much really more makes careful. You careful. Yeah. yeah. Well, we did the same thing on Casey's Mountain Goat. We uh, we skinned it out for life size, and we just took our time. You know, it's like whatever. If it takes an hour, hour and a half, who cares? Where, yeah. where do we got to be? You yeah. can never recreate this moment again in your life, so just enjoy it. So that's what we did, and um, it was freaking badass, dude. That's all you can say. So. Uh, that was that was that was epic that was good and then you start getting in your head and you're just like how am i gonna get to go sheep hunting again how am i gonna get my slam yeah or then you're like andy and you're like i'll just go on sheep hunts yeah as many as i can <laughs> to get to go so yeah it was it's well you know and like you've known me because when we first met i hadn't 
gone on the sheep hunt yet mm-hmm. and it was just like a twinkle it was like the glimmer in my eye of like oh god i'd really love to do that one day and you and know. then I call you on a mountain, you're hunting, and I'm like, dude, that was that stone sheep on You're like, I've been on, what did you been on at that time? That would have been... When no- we talked the other day? No, that would have been November. I think it was November when we finally talked. I was like, how many sheep hunts have you been on now? And you're like, seven or eight or what was Yeah, it? I think it was like seven or eight. <laughs> it was something crazy. I'm like, this guy's a sheep hunting fool. Yeah. yeah. I'm fortunate, man. It's really... It took a lot of time and effort and energy and dedication and hard work to get to where I've gotten Absolutely. to today yeah. to be able to be invited onto the sheep hunts that I get to go on. Yeah. Yeah. You, and that is kind of how it works, too. You go on some hunts and then people are like, yeah, yeah. you want to give me a hand? Because now we've been, I've been on a few mountain goat hunts, obviously one for myself. And now people are like, if I draw a mountain goat, are you, you going to come along or a yeah. sheep hunt? It's like... Hell yeah, I'm coming along. Oh yeah, if I ever go on my own sheep hunt, I'm gonna make your ass. Oh come yeah, with me. I'll, I'll be there. You're, you know I'll what I mean? There. Yeah, yep, absolutely. No, it just it's so it's so important to us. Um, obviously, we we live off we love deer, elk, and everything else too. Though. Well, that's I mean, and that's the it. baseline, right? That's, that's the, the start, the general tax. Yeah. Right. And I still love those hunts. Me I too. still love them. Absolutely. It's just like. I get to go hunting. Cool. You never know. You you just keep hunting. You never know what you're going to run into. How mm-hmm. many times have you gone over a ridge, you haven't seen anything, and you're like, I got to see one more ridge. And, and there boom, it is. Boom, there he is. Oh, yeah. It's like, man, that just changed the game fast. In a heartbeat. Yeah. So you went on your first goat hunt and your first sheep hunt. In the same year. In the same year. Yeah. Been on tons of hunts, obviously, before that, but big time. One, you almost call them once in a lifetime tags, right? They are once in a they lifetime are. tags. Yeah, like the the mountain goat in Idaho. Casey can never draw again. That's it. He's done. Yeah. You know? Now he puts in for sheep. Right. Let's see what well, happens so there. Now fast forward to this hunting season. Okay, this hunting season comes up, and like we were talking about, we put in for every western state there is. We spend a small fortune. Um, put in for Alaska. It's time to put in for Alaska. That was kind of a dream idea is to go to Kodiak Island and hunt a mountain goat one day. But you can go on the south end for a general season tag. But it was like, I kind of wanted to draw a unit. Not that I wouldn't go on the south end, but it was like, let's put in let's put in for a draw tag and see what happens. Um, end up calling my buddy Dan up and I said, hey, I'm putting in for Alaska. Do you want me to put in for a group? We're not going to draw the tag. You're going to owe me 160 some bucks. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, we can group that, put it, put us in. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and you know, we're DIY guys, but on these hunts, you have to hire a guide, which I've never hired a guide Legality. in my life. Yeah, yeah, legally, you don't have a choice. So I've never hired a guide in my life. I talked to some outfitters up there, found one that I really, really like talking to, seemed to know his stuff. Um, what outfitter? Jason Bunch with Kodiak Backcountry Adventures. Mm-hmm. Guy is freaking stud. Awesome guy. Not, <coughs> not overpriced. Um, pretty reasonable. But you are, you're going to hike in from the ground yeah. and go to the top. It's not going to... When we talk about the price being good, you're not getting flown in on choppers or none of that shit. So yeah. anyway, fast forward to February 17th, draw results come out, open up my phone. And Alaska's weird, man. 
usually it'll say successful or not successful, right? No. Uh, when you check your application for the draw rods, Alaska just says yes or no. Right. And I'm like, it says yes. I'm assuming yes means yes, right? <laughs> the fuck else would it mean? I'm assuming yes means we got the tag. Yeah, so I, te- I screenshot it, sent it to Casey, and he calls me immediately and he goes, what the fuck does yes mean? I go, I believe yes means yes. And he's like, man, that's weird. I've never seen that before. So anyways, I had forgotten at that moment that I party hunted it with my buddy because I was just like, I've got a freaking mountain goat tag, badass. Um, I tell Casey, I'm like, we're going mountain goat hunting. Well, a couple hours later go by and I'm like, Dude, I put in for a party hunt with that. I better go find my buddy and let him know. Find the guy who I put in with. Yeah, so I drive up to his house, and I'm like, Dan, you need to sit down. You're not going to believe this. And uh, I tell him, obviously, he's super stoked. Um, he's super, super stoked to find out. And it's like, okay, now we don't have five months, like a sheep tag. Now we've got like eight months of thinking about this. Which is great because you got to figure out the logistics and all that. Um, just kept doing what we do, hitting the gym. I was hitting uh, half marathons and relays over the summer, just doing as much mountain running as I could. Well, because you do a lot of that. Yeah, I do a lot of that. You're yeah. you're pretty athletic when it comes to all of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's we do. I don't know about you, but if I wasn't a hunter, I'd probably be a fat fucker. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like we got to stay in shape. To oh, be for able sure. to hunt, so yeah, went on some went on some cool runs, some good mountain runs. Um, run, you know, running every day after work, hitting the gym, just staying in shape, eating healthy, the whole thing. Um, so that when it was time to go, but no matter what, you can put as much time in the gym as you want, as many half marathons as you can do. When you go to throw a hundred pounds on your pack, packing out a mountain and. It's like holy shit, dude! This it's a hundred pounds on my back. It's a hundred pounds on my back. Yeah. Uh, well, I love I love when everyone's like, oh, I'm pack training and I'm doing all this shit and I'm on the treadmill or I'm hiking and it's like, all right, you know, you're, I get it. Good for you, yeah. but you're about to do ten hour days like that. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, it's wild. But so we showed up, we showed up in good shape on that hunt. Um, crazy start when you start getting into getting on airplanes. Bush to go planes. hunting and then little planes and all that. It's Bush like, planes are wild. fucking intense, dude. <laughs> I want to hear stories about that from you sometime. <laughs> we didn't have to get on we, the little plane that we got on um, from Anchorage to Kodiak. wasn't uh, That wasn't bad, but we ended up on a boat. Freaking, you go around this big boat boat ride. You get dropped off at sea level. And all I'm thinking is the elevation in Kodiak's nothing. I live at 6,500 feet. I'm like, that's not going to be a problem. But you get there and you're like, no, dude, these mountains are no joke. Just because you're at sea level, you're going to the very top. Yeah. Um, and it's a backpack hunt, so... What kind of elevation gain was that? Do you know? You know, I think the highest... Ele- steep fast? Steep fast, but it's still... Well, I want to say it's got to be over 3,000 feet elevation still. You know what I mean? But, well, that's still, I mean, even, but if you're going from 6,500 to 9,000, that's a pole. That one, that's a pole. You know, so if you're going from sea level to 3,000 or 3,500, that's a fucking pole. 
Any, yeah. any way you cut it. And anybody that's been to Kodiak, what happens is you start at sea level and you're hiking up through the alders and the devil's club. Dude, it's so thick. Yeah. You've got, you know, at that point, you only got about 50 pounds on your back because, you know, you got all your gear, your mountain houses, everything. It's like, okay, 50 pounds. Have you, you know, tried your peak gun. refuel? Pre what? Peak refuel. Have I, you tried that? I haven't, no. I'm going to give you some. Hook it up, son. And, and, it's going to change your Hook belief system. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So we're, we're hiking up and what I wish I would have brought is like some leather gloves or something because this devil club is like Alaska, Alaska cactus, dude. It's brutal shit, dude. Yeah. Once you get above the alders and all that nightmare and you get into Alpine, then it's kind of smooth sailing. It's still steep, but you know, we're seeing brown bears, freaking awesome country. Everything is um, beautiful. Everything is beautiful, and we were actually glassing up a couple mountain goats from down low. Yeah. So you're like, okay, cool, right on. You know, you don't know if they're Billy's nannies or whatever they are at that point. Um, and then I think that the other thing, I don't know if this if it was like this on your stone sheep hunt or not, but we filter our water no matter what, wherever mm -hmm. backcountry we're at. And he's like, there's no Jardy on the island. You're fine. So that was a trip to me sticking an algae bottle in a creek and drinking right out of it. Yeah. Were you guys filtering up in the... Up in no. The, you, you weren't either. Just straight out the river. Was that weird to you or you were just no, like, okay? No, my whole life, so... My dad, the way that he... I, don't, I mean, I guess, yeah, the way that he sort of raised us hunting... Yeah. Was, you know, like, you get to a clean stream, you just find the spot that's running the most and fill your water bottles up. So I've been drinking out of creeks and, and streams my whole life. No worries it, for you then. It yeah. wasn't until I was, I don't know, 16 years old, I was in Bob Marshall in Montana on a 16-day cross-country ski trip in fucking January or February. Mm -hmm. And we had to break ice to get water. And when we were breaking ice to get water, every time that we had water, we had to put iodine tablets yep. in it. Yep. And that was my first exposure. So I'd gone my whole life just drinking straight out of the creeks up until I was 16. And like uh, in the White Mountains this year, and in Nevada too, out here in Nevada too, done some water filtering. But for the most part, if it's running water, I'm fairly confident that I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do. I all I've ever known is iodine and filtering them. Yeah. That's all I'd ever known. Yeah. So that was it was like the psychological thing to me i'm going are you sure Girl, i'm gonna die right. i'm gonna die drinking this but you just trust in your guides they wouldn't still be doing it yeah obviously. well like in, so in bc the the river we were drinking out of on part of the trip was all like sulfur water so you're just drinking the the gnarliest Nasty. smelling water on the planet but you're thirsty. You well, got to drink, what are you dude. Do, yeah, there's right? no, yeah. there's mm -hmm. no corner getting there. Yeah, so that that was a little psychological warfare for me at first, and it was just like you're do this, what are you, you're doing it. That's it. So, um, first day, <coughs> total, total bluebird day, freaking beautiful. Just a real hard hike. Got up there, slept on a mountain lake. Amazing views. When you're when you're on Kodiak compared to like some of these Nevada hunts, well, just any hunt, it, the terrain's always so much different, and then you go somewhere you've never seen before. It's just beautiful. Yeah. 
Um, first night, we start glassing up mountain goats. And at this point, we build a camaraderie with the guide. And uh, we're joking around. And now we're having fun. And we're looking at mountain goats. And once again, I'm just like, man, I would shoot any one of these. Like, they're freaking nice. They're nice goats. Um, and then the pressure wasn't like the sheep hunt because you've seen so many mountain goats. You know as long as you're physically fit, you can shoot. No problem. You're, you're going to get one. Yeah. Right? Plus, you have an amazing guy that knows his, his unit so well. Um, so, you know, we just kicked back. Uh, that night, the wind got so freaking bad. I don't know if you've slept in a tent yet on a mountain where the wind is just out of control and you think you're going to blow off the mountain. It was one of those nights. But yeah. uh, wake up the next day, uh, just happy to have not had any bear experiences or weather get any worse. Mm -hmm. um, but the rain did come down, and they say that Kodiak rain's bad. It is. It's brutal. I mean, we got soaking wet. Had good gear, though. Um, hiked up. And then we're still seeing mountain goats. And it was kind of one of those things, like, let's just take our time. Let's summit, um, look at more goats, all that. Just freaking so awesome, you guys. If you ever, if you ever get the chance, um, just do it. That's all I can say. Just do it. That's Go it. for We're it. Go for it. Put in the overtime. Well, and, and like you said, man, you put in for a draw tag. Yeah. And you were convinced when you told your buddy you're putting in for a, as a group. As a group, yeah. You told him, you're like, we're not going to get drawn and you're owing me money. Yeah, that's it. But yeah. you got drawn anyway. But we got drawn. We so, got drawn. Yeah. No matter what, like, people think that it's unattainable to go on sheep hunts or unattainable to go on goat hunts and draw these hunts. And everybody, excuse me, everybody thinks that they will never draw the tag. It's not actually going to happen. And, you know, it's like, one of the guys who we hunted this with the that we hunted with this year he drew his first tag was a tule elk tag that special draw tag right. his second special draw tag was the desert sheep tag yeah. he's never drawn a special deer tag meaning in the state Absolutely. of california a premium tag yeah so he's drawn you know what i mean and it's like people complain about this but here you are putting in for alaska right on your second, you know, once a, you know, yeah. lifetime hunt, yep. quote, mm -hmm. lifetime hunt, right? You've already drawn your Nevada tag on a lifetime hunt. And yep. you obviously look, I mean, I keep pointing at the ram, which yeah. nobody can see me doing this. <laughs> right. But, you know, and you, and you drew it and you got it. And here you are putting in for this goat tag. Putting and, in for a goat tag. And you get it. And you get it. Um, you know what I mean? And really, you're like, holy shit, did this just happen again? Amazing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I know a lot of people that really, I know a lot of people that have drawn some amazing tags. And some of them, they got fast and some took a while, but you just got to stick to it. We're hunters. That's what we're going to do. No matter what, I'm finding a way to put in for these draws. That's yeah. what we're going to do, right? So I'll work the overtime. I'll do whatever I have to do to be able to afford that. And... Uh, and sure shit lightning struck again um and then fucking just badass dude so we get up there anyway so where are we out on day two of the hunt um heavy heavy rain 
hiking all day, loving life though. You you know you show up to these hunts in shape, and you're just you're just loving it. You're in the mountains. It's like there's nowhere I'd rather be. You're there, ready to take a beating. You're you're ready. You're mentally there. You're physically there. It's just like let's go hunt and have fun. Um, plus, I had my best bud with me on the hunt too, uh, and then my other really good buddy was there. The guys were cool. Camaraderie was awesome. Now couple days into the hunt you're looking at billy goats you're glassing them um i thought at this point i'd known quite a bit about mountain goats but when you're going with a guide that's got almost 80 mountain goat kills under his belt he's teaching you things that you're like holy shit this guy knows so much about this guy knows his his stuff so we get up on top (coughs) and um dan goes one way i go another way we kill our mountain goats two three hours apart from each other um his his was good it died in a little bit more reasonable place to get to mine goes to the edge of a cliff right and it's laying there i'm thinking it's dead and it freaking doesn't it one last kick and it goes over and it's like oh no my freaking dream animal might be a meatball right now right Mm mm-hmm Jason, the guide, he goes bombing down there. Because the other thing you don't think about is these ravens get on these animals so fast. They'll start picking eyes out and doing different stuff. So um, I don't care how badass you are. You're not more badass than these guides that live in this country. No, you know? not you're at all. Not. So he goes down there. Um, I go bebopping down there. I'm behind him. And I walk up to him and he goes, he's kind of got the head buried and I'm looking like, are the horns there? Is it messed up? What's going on? And he pulls up the head and he goes, congratulations, you just killed a freaking stud. Really? And it's good. The mountain goat's good. Um, he's just like, they just don't get much bigger than this. That's it. And I'm looking at it going, holy fuck, dude, amazing. You get that hunter high again. Only this time you're in country. I love the desert, but you can't compare the desert to that. No, <laughs> you just can't. Not at all. So you've got they're these, equally as beautiful in their own direction, in their own ways. But after you've hunted the desert so many times, um, you still love it. But then you go somewhere different, and it's just like, holy shit, man! These there's people that get to live here. This is amazing. Yeah. So we cape it out that night. Um, cape it out, quarter it out, and we hike down because you got to get to water. We hike all the way down the opposite way. We need to go back up camp out there that night wake up the next morning bone it out and me and you were talking about this in alaska you have to take out every single piece of meat mm-hmm. well i know the hike we're about to do and i'm going holy shit they're know? big animals too yeah yeah they're big i mean i don't know what it was if i had to guess i'm saying on the hook close to 400 pounds this thing yeah. was a tank dude yeah so we bone it out get every single piece of meat you can get um put it in our packs and then at that point you know i'm used to just kind of hiking out um but when you're about to put that much weight on your back you're glassing the mountain for the easiest way to get up the mountain and taking your time um to just find the best course up the mountain and the guy did that came up with a great game plan he even had the brakes what break when we were going to take breaks on the mountain and all that <clears throat> so we're we're bebopping up the mountain it's heavy as all fucking hell and i think that we're about to finally summit 
But then I'm like, this is going to be a false summit. Bullshit, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we finally, we, it wasn't a false summit. It was the summit. And I'm like, yes, amazing. We get up there. There's freaking like 13 mountain goats just standing there, nannies and kids. And so we just took time to take selfies with mountain goats in the background yeah. behind us. And it was like, life is so fucking good right now. Yeah. Um, so at this point, I haven't seen my other buddy, Dan, that had killed his mountain goat, you know, since the day before. Well, we're hiking down a chute. I call them drainages. Some people call them chutes, whatever. Um, we're hiking down. We're getting, we're dropping elevation. I look over and I see Casey and Dan and I'm like, yes, cause you just spent so much time together. Then you break off and then you reconnect after harvesting another dream animal it was like some stand by me shit walking to meet each other right mm -hmm. <laughs> and we're all smiles everybody's happy we end up camping out at a mountain lake that night um and just all you are is you're on your sleeping pad and a sleeping bag it's a bluebird day there's no rain you don't pitch a tent what'd your cabins look like out there yeah the cabin <laughs> the cabin was freaking moss man <laughs> moss floors um, you're staring up at the stars. Just life is so good at that point. Um, nobody's hurt. Successful hunt. Made some new amazing friends. And then we, uh, next day we end up hiking out. Boat picks us up. Life is good. We get into Kodiak. That was another thing that was kind of weird for me, though, is the guy takes the hide back, or at least ours did, Jason did, and he fleshes it, salts it, gets it ready to ship for you. That that was pretty cool. Um, just awesome people. Yeah. Well, anyway, we get back, and we've got a couple days on Kodiak still left. You've got no vehicle, but the road system's so short there. Anyways, um, we ended up doing some deep-sea fishing. I got sick as hell on the boat, puked all over the side of it, reeling up halibut. Pansy. Cod, just, Getting oh, seasick. Dude, the, the swells were so bad. I have no sea legs either. <laughs> So I'm yakking fucking like crazy off this boat, yeah. dude, whatever. Um, had it, Met another great guy, though. I mean, that's fun. It's like if you're already up there, why not spend a couple hundred extra bucks? And go fishing or go, go do fishing. something, yeah. Um, that town <clears throat> had nothing but great things to say about that town. It was like stepping back 20 years, though. People aren't in their cell phones the entire time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it was good. Chick's not really wearing tons of makeup and stuff you know and they just, still look pretty naturally yeah they yeah they do yeah they really did <laughs> so yeah. um just it, it, it's just a little bit different culture than down here and it, i can't wait to go back someday yeah you know, i had hunted alaska before killed some caribou archery caribou up there but um nothing like this hunt so anyways uh flew home life was good Taxidermies, taxidermists got the capes. Everything's good. Gonna end up having another life-size mount in the house, and uh, that that was it. Uh, best ten days of my life, probably. Mm -hmm. Not because of the hunt. The kill was a small part of it, though. That's what people don't realize at the yeah. end of the day. The kill was awesome, but it's the entire experience. So, anyway, brother, that's hunt. That's that's sheep and goat hunting. Had yeah. a good time. That's awesome, man. Yeah, hopefully we get to share a mountain sometime really soon. Together. Oh, we will, for sure. Yeah. It sounds like we'll maybe go on a bear hunt this spring. Yeah, we'll go on a bear hunt. Maybe we'll draw some tags. So so for bears, though, mm -hmm. I mean, and, and these lifetime hunts are so different, so from, different. 
from your wheelhouse, which is bear, like you said, you've been doing it bear, since... Bear, deer, elk, antelope. 2004. Yeah. What is that like for you? You know, where do, how did you come to the conclusion with bears that, like, archery is the only way to go? Mainly because we were using bait, and it was like... I didn't, I didn't really... It didn't get, excite me to put a bait up and sit 150 yards and just shoot it. Yeah. with a gun it was like let's get close to these things i mean i've so i've killed bears at 12 yards and then 30 yards but usually i right around that 20 yard mark is where i like to put a blind and then you were just right there with them in it when they come in yeah and it's <clears throat> freaking badass uh so when you're that close and i'm already an archery hunter that's how i started hunting was with a bow mm-hmm. so it was just like yeah let's go i mean it's awesome you just be patient you let them give you the shot if they give you the shot you take it if they don't they win that's yeah. it just like anything else right yeah and, and you don't hate yourself if one doesn't give you the shot an ethical shot you don't hate yourself you just say i'll catch up to you another day but usually they will you know? so for bear baiting what mm-hmm. goes into that because i feel like that you're is... packing in an enormous drum not only an enormous drum, but you also have to pack in the food to fill the drum with. Like, so much. Baiting is so far out of my wheelhouse and anything I've ever done for bears. Or, I mean, you it's, know, I just so spot and stalk work. and still hunt bears. Right. It's so it's so much work actually to do it. You know, I get in, I whenever liberals like to get in my face and stuff. And the the weird thing about it is they're okay if you use a worm to bait to catch a fish mm-hmm. you know to bait fish but for some reason there's a stigma when it comes to bear hunting that it's not okay to bait and it just gets me pissed because there does have to be predator control um there i mean we have we have we have to hunt them right yeah uh, so it, it's just a lot more effective way of hunting them uh i don't think that well, have you killed a bear spot and stock yet? No, I've never. I've never killed a bear in my life. Right. Yeah. I mean that that's tough. I know, like Brian Barney up in Montana, he has some good luck with it, uh, and different guys that are exceptional hunters. They they have. It's tough. But so so's bear baiting. I mean, you don't just go out and throw bait on the ground and bears start coming in. You have to do so much research to find a good spot. You know, learning scents, all kinds of stuff. And so how do you do that? What kind of research do you have to do? It was a lot of trial and error because back in the day, when I first started bear baiting, we didn't even have trail cameras or nothing like that. Mm -hmm. You just sat a bait and seen if a bear came in. But through time, you start to learn about scents that you can put up, different baits that they like. Um, I had a buddy one time, he was big into bow fishing carp, and he's like, I'm like, dude, give me those things. Mm -hmm. And I've had people tell me carp works. That shit didn't work for me, dude. I didn't have a bear hit. I just had a big old crow pile on my bait. I ended up having to pull all those fish down the mountain and rebaiting that year because bears weren't having it. Yeah. So, you know, we just go to restaurants and different things that's going to get thrown out. Maybe you find a bakery or something like that that'll hook you up. Yeah. Um, And then you want to talk about intense physical work. Put 50, 70 pounds on your back and just keep baiting, keep baiting. And you know we'll feed. All so every these. time you go in to check your cameras and check your check your stuff, you have to bring in a whole new load of bait. I don't waste the trip. It's like put the bait on my back. I have another buddy that hunts with me. He hunts down the mountain a little bit. He got into popcorn a lot, so because mm-hmm. it's cheaper, 
Uh, I've had a bear break into my truck, literally open the door to my truck, go in my truck, steal a bag of popcorn out of my truck, and only the bag of popcorn and leave. Isn't that amazing? Oh my god! It's freaking amazing. Yeah, I the the one of the best bear seasons I ever had was instead of killing a bear, I was like, okay, I'm gonna either shoot a six foot bear. Um, because we're hunting them in the spring, so you don't really go by weight because they just came out of hibernation, right? Yeah, because so, they've eaten through their weight. Right. So you're you're more going. We're more judging bears by length and weight because people always say how much did it weigh? It's like, dude, it just got done hibernating for six months. It didn't doesn't. They don't weigh uh, like they yeah. would. A fall How's bear. their coats right then? The coats are great. By the end of June, some of them, you start seeing them rub. I've actually, one of the better bears of my life, I didn't shoot because it was completely rubbed out. Really? I was like, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. I hope to catch up with them again one day, right? Yeah. But that usually happens at the end of June when it starts getting hot. You know, during a bear season, you start in the snow, and by the end, it's mosquitoes and freaking hot. It's hot. If you do a whole season, but that's what I did one year. I did. I said I'm only gonna kill a bear if it's if it's a giant. And so, I just sat there watching bears all season long, their mannerisms, everything, and and I learned so much that season. Not even killing a bear, mm-hmm. just watching them, filming them, freaking loving it, dude. Um, I did have a good bear coming in that year, and so I was hunting him, actively hunting him, trying to catch up with him. Well, one of my good buddies called me up and he said, my bait's not having any luck. Is there any way I can hunt your bait? And I was like, you motherfucker. But it was a hunting buddy. So you're just like, I'm like, go at it. Sure. And I'm thinking, son of a bitch. I called that bear Silverback. Anyway, he ends up calling me the next day and he's like, Silverback's dead. I was like, son of a bitch. I hunted that thing like 17 days. He goes one time arrows it and ended up being like a six and a half foot beautiful bear which I, i'm excited for him you know yeah it's all good dude you know it's it's all good stuff uh but i couldn't believe it I was that's like, hunting yep that's hunting right as fucking One much as i hate hearing that term smokes it dude it was yeah. like holy shit but i still had a great season got to see lots of bears got to learn so much about bears um it was just good it's just yeah. good but uh don't get me wrong, bro. I still love muleys and bulls, man. Yeah. Yeah, I love it all. Uh, I still don't mind going on an antelope hunt once in a while, but sitting those ground blinds, 14-hour days over on water. On a water hole. That starts going, this sucks. Dude, yeah. <laughs> this just isn't that much fun. Tedious. Yeah, so I definitely am not afraid to get a rifle antelope hunt and go revenge those bastards. Yeah. After everything they've put me through on Over ground the years. <laughs> So, anyways, bro. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. So, there's always a Dead Eye Minute. Mm-hmm. Dead Eye Outfitters, apparel sponsor, clothing. It's all not hunting gear. It's lifestyle apparel, right? Hats, t-shirts, socks. Their socks are some of my favorite just because they're super, super comfy. And uh, there's always a Dead Eye Minute, right? So... For you, my question would be, if you had to take away all of the forms of hunting, all of the hunts you've been on, and everything like that, and you only got to choose one hunt that taught you the most, whether it be elk, bear, deer, antelope, sheep, 
mountain goat, whatever. What hunt that you've been on would you choose has been your biggest learning lesson, your biggest teacher? That I thought that was gonna that was gonna be a tough question, but it just popped out to me so fast. Um, I would say archery hunting elk general season because you get to put so many stocks on animals and you get to fail so many times and how I see it the more stocks you go on the more things you learn not what not to do it's the biggest way to learn the process of elimination yeah so that when I first started bow hunting my entire existence my meaning for everything my ultimate goal was to kill a bull with a bow and arrow Mm -hmm. public land general season and man, I screwed up some. I've screwed up so many times, Andy. Oh, just, and then when you finally you get the wind right, you get the train. So pretty soon, eventually, after all those fails, you see a bull in a particular situation, particular terrain, particular wind, and in your head, it's no longer I'm gonna go hunt this bull. It's I'm gonna go kill this bull. This is a very killable bull because of all the failures that you've seen before. Um, So I would probably say that because I I got to put the most stocks on animals Mm -hmm. um, through elk hunting. And then it's also fun calling them too, you know, and playing with them a little bit, getting a bugle and and all that. And then you learn, you learn all of a sudden, boy, that bull didn't like that call. Holy shit, it's out of here. Yeah, he's gone. But I think I think failure is what te- what what I've learned from is from failing and then finally succeeding, and then when I finally did put an arrow in a bull at 18 yards, it was like holy shit that yeah. just happened finally finally and you put it right right where it needs to go you lace up that bull you watch it die, and you're just like oh my goodness this just happened now I've got 250 pounds of the best meat ever on the planet on the planet well I mean I love sheep meat I love sheep meat but wild oh yeah Yeah. desert rams good yeah sheep meat's pretty freaking awesome um but yeah I would say I would say the hunts that you fail the most at you get the most stocks the most opportunities at is definitely what I learned the most from Mm -hmm. yeah and something that I really like that you keep talking about is general tags yeah. General tags and public land, and general tags and public land. Because for me, like, and it, with the exception of this year, my entire life has always been <clears throat> pretty much general tags and public land. Right. You know, I don't, I don't do much. I haven't had the opportunity to do much lifetime hunts up until, you know, this past year, having the time to be able to dedicate right. to doing it. Yeah, and, that, I, and that, I, that's what we've got then. Gen- right. General yeah, tags general and public tags. land. and You kill it, bro. Well, I don't even question it. I know when you're going hunting, I'm like, something's dying. <laughs> you know? I kind of feel I the same thing that. about myself, too, though. Yeah. It's like, well, and, and I feel like for, for fellows like yourself, like your dedication to the sport of hunting and your dedication to your ability as a hunter is so enormous that you could, I feel like you could, you could be like, cool, I'm gonna get whatever general tag is available and I'm gonna put in my time and I'm gonna get it done. And I'm gonna get at least, an op- I'm gonna get an opportunity. I'm gonna get an opportunity. And when you do, um, to the listeners out there that are getting into it and everything, 
the piece of advice I can give you is when you get that opportunity on public land on a general season tag, do not take it lightly. Um, my mentor that taught me how to bow hunt said, pretend like this is the only stock you will get this entire season. Take it that serious. Yeah. Uh, and you really need to, yeah. you know, and you hope for another opportunity, but when you finally do get one, just take it so serious. And I sometimes mean, you only get one. And yeah. that's why. That's all I ever asked for. Give me one opportunity. Yeah. Let me have one opportunity on this. Give hunt. me one opportunity and, and I will I will damn near do my 100% all to yep. make sure that I seal it in that one opportunity. Yeah. That's the, and and I, I still miss opportunities. I mean, I missed two opportunities last year, you know? I, th I still think anybody that says they've never missed is a liar. Oh, yeah. All day. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's All like, day. Yeah, I've missed. Yeah, I, I've... I miss, I'll miss an animal every year. Yeah. Almost guaranteed. <laughs> right. It's every like... year. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm so deadly with a bow, and I'll never forget, I'm, I missed a bullet double backed on me when I was calling it came in from the backside on me and I clean missed that son of a bitch at 30 yards dude it was like how did that just happen and when I was younger I probably would have launched my bow and thrown a fit yeah. right but now I'm like you fucked up that's all you yeah. fucked up uh and I laughed about it it wasn't a giant bull you know but I laughed and I was like he won he beat you this time mm -hmm. you know it happened so uh, what advice would you give to anybody that's getting into hunting? DIY general tag hunting. The more time in the field, the more you learn. Um, that helps. You don't out have a to lot. have a premium tag to be successful and find big animals. Bro, I have so many buddies that have killed giant bulls, giant bucks on general season tags. You know, I mean, uh, one of the largest. I'm not, I don't want to say the largest, but one of the largest muzzleloader bucks out of Nevada. We killed this year, right? And it's two hundred and fifty plus inch buck, just an absolute with a muzzleloader, uh, utter giant, muzzleloader, yeah. and that was a general tag. Yeah, yeah. So getting it done on a general tag is one hundred percent. Well, then you know, on top of possible, it, we have so much technology that we didn't have when I first started hunting. You've got the Google Earth, the Onyx maps, yeah, everything. But really, get out there and get behind some binoculars, do some glass, and put boots on the ground. I know there's more pressure than there's ever been out in the mountains, but just just get out there, and you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah. You just never know. But uh, what's your favorite piece of gear that you've been using? You mean besides optics or? Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm really down with that QU sleeping bag, and I'm really loving those puffy jackets. Dude. Uh huh. Uh, you know, I did. Uh, I don't, I don't want to throw any brand names out there but i've been disappointed in a few backpacks lately um mm -hmm. i think i need to try something might need to try something new on that um but favorite gear yeah puffy jackets and warm sleeping bags uh i love my optics and my whatever tool i'm hunting with the most yeah obviously but yeah i don't know if you've used a, a kuyu pack since they updated their suspension system I've never used a QU pack. I've After they updated one. their suspension system this last year mm -hmm. and their hip belt and everything like that, it's it's a it's completely different. It's legit. Huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, from being on, you know, thirteen plus pack outs this year. Yeah. 
and only using that new suspension for every single pack out compared to the year before and the year before that, yeah. always running the the earlier models. Yeah. The the new pack frame system that they have legit, is huh? is, is pretty legit for sure. I, I still do love though, if I can get a load to my truck, just grabbing my old Kelty quarter pack. Yeah. You know, external frame and just going in and hauling me. I mean, I I'm still I still love that definitely. When I get anytime I have the opportunity to get my quarter pack to haul meat, I'm like I'm going right to that thing instead of the internal frames. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I can't believe. Oh, you know what else I love? I love trekking poles. Yeah, I love me some trekking game poles, changer. Dude. It's like going into four wheel drive all of a sudden. Constantly. I made fun of those things too. Forever. Yeah. And then you try it and you're like, oh my God, my knees feel really good right now. Yeah, it's like, what kind of snob were you? You were making fun of trekking poles and puffy jackets. Now you're all about it. So. It would, I mean, the difference is the experience with the yeah with the item. Once you actually experience you realize the necessity of it. It is wild. It's like you told me when you put on that puffy and you were like, wow, I'm actually warm. I love this thing. Yeah. I love anything, any gear too, that they can make ultra lightweight that works good. Yeah. Because it really does come down to ounces when you're backcountry hunting so yeah. much. Like me, me and my buddy Casey, we've talked about it. You start thinking in your head, should I dump out more of the toothpaste in my backpack? The toothpaste isn't weighing you down, yeah. but every ounce is so critical. So anybody that comes out with something super lightweight that's good, I'm like, I got to have it. Yeah. Got to have it. Got to so. try it out. Now I'm rocking a freaking $800 tripod and pan head that it was like... What'd you, what kind wow. of tripod did you get? I ended up going with the outdoorsman. How do you like their stuff? Did you get the, the mid-size or the full-size? I got the mid, which... Can I, you Now, can you stand up and look through the mid-size or can you not? No, you're pretty much, you're pretty much on your ass or your knees on that. Yeah. Um, it's just weight. Once again, it's weight. But I always call them shorty pads. Back before they even had these things... I used to take a thermarest and cut it, cut quarters of it mm-hmm. to, to sit my ass in the rocks on. Mm-hmm. And I got made fun of for that thing forever. They're like, oh, you got your shorty pad. It's like, dude, this thing's great. Well, now QU has one. Everybody Di- makes a pad. Ones ha- yeah. has pads. And uh, so, I mean, I just sit down on that, get behind the glass. And I love that outdoorsman. I mean, w- once again, whenever you get into quality, lightweight gear, you're going to pay for it. You know, Um, you're going to pay for it. But it's just like I said, I'll just work harder. I'll just, I got to have it. Yeah. I got to have it. So, yeah. yeah. And now we're getting really into filming our hunts. Mm -hmm. So now we're adding seven pounds of camera gear to these hunts. And you're like. That's pretty minimal too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, mean, when I bring my camera and my lenses and my batteries, you know, I'm, I'm adding 15 to 20 pounds to my pack. I haven't got to that point yeah. yet. It's fucked. Dude. It's fucking nuts. It's fucked. You start adding camera gear, the whole game changes. Oh, yeah. It's like, then I'm you really so start heavy. thinking about where can you cut corners in other places in order to bring more of your gear yeah. for your camera. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I found something small that I realized I didn't need to pack. I wasn't packing before. You know, every hunt you find something you can either lose or gain through years. Yeah. Dude, I got heartburn for my first time on a hunt this Tom's year. Tom's go with me everywhere. And I didn't have any. Oh. And I was like, dude, I haven't had heartburn forever, but we started eating these pepperoni sticks. Yeah. And it was like... Terrible the, heartburn. The, dude, I'm, I'm never eating those things again on the mountain. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. But, yeah. What are you, uh, what are you eating then? Uh, 
for your dehydrated meals. Peak. Peak that's refuel. What, that's what you were saying. Yeah. Okay, I want to try it. Yeah. I want to try it. Yeah. Literally the best I've ever had. Like, it, it's... And, like, sure, dude, you think, oh, you know, it's dehydrated food. It can't be that good, right? right. It's the best for dehydrated food. Like, no. I'm a food snob, too, no, dude. No, dude, this is, like, it's actually... And I'm not just saying that. Mm-hmm. I'm not just saying that. Like, it's legit. They fucking came out when, and when they came out, they raised the bar yeah. to new levels that I don't think anybody realized were achievable because the amount of people that make dehydrated food or have the ability to make dehydrated food is, is, you know, it's, it's so minimal. Right, and they have one of the largest dehydrated food facilities. There's only I want to say there's only four in the entire United States well, where you, you can do freeze dried. Excuse me, freeze dried right. food. Yeah, and and they have a laboratory of food scientists that mm-hmm. construct the meals and develop the meals. And you know, if they make a meal and it doesn't meet their standards, they'll reformulate it until it does. Hell yeah! Like they really spend the time and and you know, have the due diligence to make it happen the best possible way. You know, we were eating the cans this yeah. year in a lot of camps, mm-hmm. the the full can. Yeah. You know, you get like a 10 serving can. And um, I would heat the can, you know, stir it, yeah. get it cooked and put it in a pot and nobody would know the difference. Everybody would think that I just made... That whole meal. Well, I know one thing. Anybody that's eating Mountain House eggs and says they like them is it's a liar. full of shit. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. So on that statement, and I'm sure people have heard me talk about this, I've never, ever done. I will always eat granola stuff for uh-huh. breakfast or, or oatmeal. Oatmeal. Like that, yeah. And that's it. And I did the, in the White Mountains, I did the peak refuel breakfast skillet, which is like sausage and eggs and, you know, green peppers and the whole fucking Mm. spectrum, right? And I put them in tortillas and they were phenomenal. Like blown away at how good the eggs were. I was like, I was like this, I, I was almost embarrassed because I've knocked egg breakfast for so long so hard Andy I'll put you to the fire when I try this because I have really huge expectations now that you're saying this <laughs> I'll do I'll see if I yeah. if I have any of the egg ones in my truck you know not, we'll, make, I'll yeah. order some up yeah, yeah absolutely I'm always looking for something good I don't mind the MREs but they're so freaking heavy dude yeah that it's like oh, you can't I mean you can eat one MRE that. a day <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I've watched people, I'll, I, I never liked the mountain houses. As a matter of fact, anybody that's hunted with me knows that I freaking hate them, right? But you have to have it. But you have to have it. And then my buddy Casey, he'll eat two of them at night, and I'm like, you're off, you're you're out of your mind, bro. You're yeah. off your rocker. Like, I don't know how you're doing it. He's like, no, I love these things. I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, what I would do with the breakfast, because I was, when I was eating mountain house, big biscuits and gravy guy, mm-hmm. I would get the biscuits and gravy going before I went to bed. So in the morning I wouldn't have to boil water. Right. Yeah. And I'd just take them out and eat them cold in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. The nutrition is important too. And it really helps if you can have something you actually like to eat. Yeah. So one, I never, I couldn't sit here and tell you one person that would say that, you know, the blue bags are delicious. Everybody would always say they're as good as you could get it. 
I promise you, nobody hates them more than me. I promise you. Really? <laughs> but I've eaten hundreds of them. Yeah. I freaking hate them. Just what do you do? But that's why I'm excited when you say there's this new product out of them. Yeah. Let's give it a try. Yeah, I want to yeah. say they're only like maybe 20 months in now. Yeah. And they're crushing it because their food is that good. We'll, we'll check it out. You know, we'll quote, the new out. standard. Yeah. You so. know. Right on, man. All right, brothers. Good seeing you. Good talking. Good seeing to you, you, dude. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna get on the road and get my ass up to a sheep capture in Montana. Do it. Yeah. All right, brother. Thanks for tuning into the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.